0: This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 102. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood, and I'm here with my bald, beautiful, amazing, purple-shirted, And now you have a sweatshirt on because the seasons are changing. Christopher J. Graham, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, Brian, I'm so
1: good, man. How are you?
0: I'm fine, man. My wife is out of town. She's like in Memphis with her friend for like some concert or something. And so did you say concert? Yeah, I do what any husband does when their wife is gone. And that is I sleep in, I skip the gym, I eat terribly, and I stay up late playing video games.
1: Well, I have some fun banter today. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you have fun banter. Fun banter. Anyone that <laughs> listens to the podcast is like, oh, shit. Here we go. How far do I have to skip to get to the actual content in this episode? This is cool. This is relevant to our industry. Oh, okay. So
1: earlier this week, my wife and I decided to splurge and buy the fancy tickets for our favorite band, Boney Vare. And they played at the Schottenstein it's Arena. It's
0: Bon Iver, dude. Bon Iver. It's not Iver. Bon
1: Iver. You f- <laughs> You freaking freaker freaker. I thought you were going to call me a scoundrel. You scoundrel. <laughs> it's Bonnie Iver. It's French for a good winner, in case you didn't know. True fans. Anyways, he came to Columbus, Ohio. He played at the Schottenstein Arena, which is like the biggest place you can play in
0: Columbus. But I'm just going to stop you right there real quick. You just had, and they put my glasses down, a mm, actually moment <laughs> with this stupid band. Go ahead. It's go true. Ahead.
1: I acknowledge that. That was my inner mastering engineer coming out. Anyways, here's the story.
0: We got 14th Road, dead center. I can't wait till you somehow bring this back to our audience. Uh, there's no way this is going to happen, but, uh, oh, but trust go ahead. Me. I'm, gonna, trust I'm just going gonna, gonna to humor you here.
1: Trust me, Brian. You know,
0: Listeners right now, we've got thousands of people listening to this story that will never make a point to our audience. <laughs> but give Chris a damn chance because there's like a 1 in 30 chance he'll make a point here. Go ahead.
1: Okay, so when you usually go to a concert, it's a really loud PA system in mono. It's not even stereo. That is... Mm,
0: not all concerts I've been to, but they're occasionally, yes.
1: But yeah, so Bonnie Vare went big, man. And they hired this company who makes a PA system called the Lisa. L-I-S-A. Wow. It was a 7.1 surround sound concert in a freaking basketball arena. Ooh. And it was the best concert I have ever been to in my life. It felt like I was wearing headphones, which, as Ooh. you guys all know... I like headphones a lot.
0: You are not just a gear slot, You are a headphone slot.
1: Yes, I am. So let me explain a little bit more. There were so many line arrays of speakers. And when any musician on the stage, there's six guys on the stage. When any of them made any noise, it localized to that part of the stage from the PA system. And it was, they must have had like mics at the front of the stage too, because any movement they made sounded like you were six feet away from them it was freaking incredible and this is exciting because it brings live sound a little bit closer to the recording studio because it sounded like the record because it was in full glorious stereo and then some it was so fun and the sound guys that put this on true artists man it was so impressive
0: Well, that is amazing. Yeah.
1: If you guys get a chance to go see Bon Iver, or if you guys get a chance to go see any concert with a Lisa system, you're going to want to do that. It is very different than a traditional concert.
0: Well, that sounds fun, man. I saw the photos and they looked amazing. So I'm glad you had fun.
1: Yeah, we had so much fun. The lights alone, it was the best light setup I've ever seen in my life. Their lighting director is also a genius. And it was like being in a spaceship and unbelievable anyways I just thought this was so cool because concerts are usually mono and loud and that's pretty much the extent of it and
0: in my opinion that's not like we're better than that (laughs) you know there's like a live sound loudness war that's like I anytime I go to a concert a live concert I have to bring earplugs yeah me too I can't mix this week because my ears are gonna ring all week yeah I didn't
1: have that issue I you know had really really nice earplugs but I wasn't I didn't feel overwhelmed by the volume and that's kind of the thing like the better something sounds the less loud
0: It needs to be to sound really really loud. That's great. I will say this I was still right. This is the 29 out of 30 times that you, you swing and you miss we have a Maybe one one percent of our audience does live lighting and maybe three percent of our audience does Live sound and the rest of us are just like cool story, man. Well, here's my point. Oh, if you
1: are a professional studio guy I've never really been into concerts because I've just been like, eh, loud. It hurts my ears. It's not in stereo. This sounds terrible compared to the record because it's in mono. This was not that. And it's so exciting to see this glimpse of like, I'll go to concerts now. If there's a Lisa system, I'll go if I
0: reasonably like the artist just because it was so interesting. Can you explain to me how you, well, how did you figure out it was something called the Lisa system? Well, this was
1: funny. I walked in the front door of the venue and one of my best friends walked in a different door at the same time. And he was like, yeah, they got this Lisa system. And I was like, okay, whatever. Oh my! God. And then we walked into the concert hall and it was like, oh <laughs> yeah, this is something really different than anything I've ever heard because I'm having a hard time like comprehending
0: how I'm hearing so much. And it's so wide. So I Googled it. I'm going to move on because no one listening, including myself, has experienced any of this. And so this is all irrelevant to us. I want to say, here's my story. Here's my banter. And it takes about four seconds. Good. I hit level 50 on Borderlands 3 on my character last oh night. Gracious. That's what I did.
1: And you're giving me crap for <laughs> talking about stuff that's within our hey, it industry. Took me, it
0: took me five seconds to say that. That was that's a, more of a
1: waste of time than anything I've ever said. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. We're going to move into... Uh, Hopefully, something a little more valuable than that meandering story or my worthless story, but mine at least took five seconds. Indeed. But before we get into today's topic, we're going to talk about today's show sponsors. Now, really, we don't actually have show sponsors. We always just have this segment in here because we like to. Chris and I have two other apps that are incredibly helpful to our audience because they save us both time and frustration. Chris has this app. If you go to bouncebutler.com, you can actually get it for free. He has a free open beta period right now that should be going on for the foreseeable future. But let me tell you why you need this, why it's relevant to you, and why this matters, and why this saves you time. This thing, um, if you do a lot of work, you have to bounce down a lot of files. This is just the the nature of the game. If you're doing uh, sound design, if you're doing voiceover work, even our podcast, if you're doing Albums or singles or mastering or mixing or anything anything with a lot of files You have to do a lot of bouncing in Pro Tools or Cubase or Logic or whatever other DAW you're using You have to sit there while the DAW processes the audio if it's old Pro Tools, it's even in real time So every single time you have to bounce something down You are sitting there waiting for it to happen And then you have to select the next track And then you have to bounce that file down and then the next track and then bounce that song down And so on and so forth until you're done This takes longer to do than it just took me to describe the problem because And it's that annoying. So especially when you have 20, 30, 40 tracks to bounce, vocal up version, vocal down version, instrumental versions, all of these things, it just takes time. And even if you have an intern, that's a headache to manage. Even if you have an assistant, you're paying that assistant to do this for you. No matter how you slice it, this is a problem, especially for the busiest of us. This is what Bounce Butler solves. It would allow you to simply select many, 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 many sessions, however many you want. How many? What's the most somebody selected in one go that you've seen? Over a hundred. Over a hundred sessions. And it will bounce them one after another after another. It's smart enough to know that if Pro Tools crashes, which it does, it will say, okay, you crashed. Let's open it back up and try to actually bounce it again. It'll do that over and over again until it either decides to give up or until Pro Tools cooperates. And then when it is done bouncing all 100 sessions, it will text you to let you know it's done bouncing. This is safe. Some people, dozens of hours a month. And if you are a busy person, this is highly relevant to you.
1: Our uh, very good friend Lid Shaw of the Recording Studio Rockstars podcast, which you guys should definitely go check out, used it to prep a bunch of podcasts last week. And he set it up at four o'clock with a ton of episodes. And it finished like at some time after midnight that night. Just kept going
0: and going and going. He's one of those savages that does it in real time, though. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, his episodes are an hour long. Each. I actually mentioned the story at the end of uh, one of our previous episodes, episode 100. Oh, cool. They've heard this before. You didn't know I did that. Well, thanks, man. So now we're going to go to my app, which is filepass.com. My turn to pitch. Well, here's the problem with this, Chris. Let me pitch your product, Brian. I've been reading a book on positioning right now. <laughs> okay. And so I want to. Okay. I'm going to try to position okay. this differently okay. than you would. Otherwise, I'm all about you pitching my product. FilePass.com is a collaboration tool for you to work with your clients. And here's the problem when you're doing revisions with the client. You are bouncing songs down and you're sending them to the client, whether it's through Dropbox or Google Drive or WeTransfer, God forbid, or some other means. Maybe you're attaching them to an email or something ridiculous. And now you need to get revisions on those tracks. You're trying to collaborate and get to the final version so the clients can be happy and they can go away and they can finally pay you the remaining balance of what they owe you. FilePass makes this so much easier instead of 10 different apps and everyone's texting you the revisions on all these different devices on mobile and in social media and sending you emails and long lists of stuff. FilePass is all in one. You send them a link, their entire project is in that link and they can leave timestamp revisions directly on the tracks. So you don't have to go through dozens and dozens of messages. Lossless streaming, we don't encode the files. It streams exactly what you upload And when you're done your clients can pay you through the app and it will unlock the download button So they do not run off with your files until they've paid you So if you want we just launched new pricing as of the time this episode comes out. It's actually a couple weeks ago We have new pricing on it now. So if you want to go check that out go to filepass.com We're still technically in early access, but we'll be coming out of that soon We're basically a stable well oiled machine at this point and we'll be coming out of early access to a full launch very shortly which we'll talk about on the podcast. So there end pitch
1: Fascinating. We had a good conversation about FilePass earlier today. And you brought up some interesting points about is FilePass file sharing technology or is it collaboration technology?
0: Yeah, it's a little of both, but I think it definitely goes further on the, the collaboration side. Yeah. Like when you compare this directly to Dropbox, Dropbox is a better file sharing tool for just, just sharing files. I still use Dropbox like when I'm sending a video for editing to my assistant or when I'm sitting like a full folder of like files and with folders inside of folders and it's already saved in my computer. Like there's just so much that Dropbox does that FilePass will probably never do because we're not building that. We're not building a Dropbox clone. What we differentiate is when you're working with a client, you are collaborating with them within our platform. And Dropbox just does not make that easy to do. They have some no. of the features we have, but they have not prioritized that. And so that's how we're differentiating is making it so much easier to collaborate with your active projects So you don't have to run around with like a chicken with your head cut off to figure out what you're doing, so. I love it. Yeah. Cool stuff, man. Let's move on to today's topic for this episode. You've been pushing for this episode for a while, Chris. I have. I've kind of resisted it, but you've turned me around on it. I'm pumped. And we're going to talk about why you, yes, you, our listener, Paul or John. Steve. There's probably Steve. Yeah, Steve, (laughs) Steve. okay. If you're listening to us right now, or Deborah, if you're listening to us right now, And you run a recording studio or any freelance business, mixing, mastering, editing, maybe you do voiceover work, maybe you're a podcast editor or whatever. If you do freelance work, you should start a podcast and we're going to make the case why you need to do a podcast, what are the benefits of it. And then how to well, we even go into a little bit of the how to start a podcast, a successful podcast for your business. Totally. This is mainly a Chris episode because he's like prepared like this whole argument on why. And I'm just going to play the devil's advocate and agree with him occasionally because I like to disagree <laughs> mostly. And then occasionally I'll agree with him. This is true. Yeah. So that's the angle of today. Chris, take it away, sir. So
1: here's the thing. Here's a little bit about Brian and I's story. A couple years ago, I met a guy named Todd and Todd became a friend pretty quickly And he invited me to be a guest on a podcast he had called the guitar knobs don't go looking for it You don't want any episodes that i'm on on that because I didn't know what I was doing yet And I was terrible on todd's podcast But I was on there for probably like 30 episodes and I learned a lot about podcasting I learned that it was really fun Podcasting is just an excuse to hang out with a friend if you have Other people on it. And so, you know, I did todd's podcast eventually Mastering had taken off so much that I just couldn't spare any time. It was like they're my busy season Which is usually the spring, but it was great and as shortly after that met lid shaw that we just mentioned
0: He has the recording studio rockstars podcast by the way
1: I had a blast going on his show And lidge invited me to his mastermind group Sometime later brian joined the mastermind group brian was a blogger back then I had the six figure arm studio blog And brian and I met and it was love at
0: first spreadsheet that's correct. Actually, no. When I <laughs> when I heard you on Lid Shaw's podcast, the episode you did with him, I was like, "Shit, I need to get to know this guy. This guy sounds like a smart dude." <laughs> yeah, hey, that makes me feel good. So, anyways, Brian and
1: I met. I went down to Nashville for Summer Nam. We met, and shortly after, Brian invited me to do this podcast, and we launched it. And to be completely honest, I knew I was like, "I'm gonna have to tell my wife I'm doing another podcast. She's not going to approve." But I'm going to like, you know, there's a chance I could get some customers as a result of doing this podcast. I just want to hang out with Brian. I just want an excuse to talk about nerd stuff with him. And so we started doing the podcast and it exploded far beyond, I think, what either of us had ever even dreamed it would do. You know, at this point, there's thousands of people that listen every single week to the podcast and it's totally changed my life. I never had any vision for this, you know, for what's currently happened and how it's affected in the mastering business, the coaching thing that I do on the side, you know, and now this bounce butler thing. It's been great. With podcasting, you have to be authentic. If it's too rehearsed, if it's too kind of contrived, it just doesn't work that well. And you have to be authentic. And for me to sort of lean in and, you know, let people know how much I love dad jokes and stuff like that, it's been fun. So here's my point. Right now, and this is what I'm gonna try to convince you of, one of the best things that you might be able to do for your business is to launch a podcast because we are in the midst of a podcast revolution. Yep, It is getting so much more popular so quickly that what the future of podcasting looks like is almost unpredictable at this point. But I have a couple ideas on what I think will happen. And here's the point. We've had Graham Cochran, we've had Joe Gilder on the show. We've had guys who Warren Hewitt would fall into that category as well. We've had guys who really rode the YouTube wave well. They started making great YouTube videos at a time when there weren't a lot of great YouTube channels, and they've been super ridiculously successful beyond probably what any of you can imagine with their businesses.
0: Let me just interject here real quick. Before we even really start getting into a good solid argument here, a lot of people think it's already oversaturated. It's too late to start a podcast, just like it's too late to start a YouTube channel. Not only is that incorrect, because there will always be people that are breaking in now, even on YouTube, which is infinitely more oversaturated than podcasting in general. But I want to give some stats really quick. YouTube has 1.9 billion monthly logged in users. I don't know what the current world population is. They used to tell me it was 6 billion. Now it's like 7 or 8 billion. So that's like 25, 30%, something like that of the world population logs into YouTube every single month. That is a massive amount of people. And that's just, that's worldwide. Yeah. As far as US, I'm not sure what the percentage is, but it's got to be damn near a hundred. Yeah. It's got to be a massive, massive amount. Podcasts on the other hand Podcasts are growing. They are showing a great trend. But in 2014, only 15% of adults listened to at least one episode a month. And now that trend has continued to go up. By 2019, we're at 32% of adults in the US listen to podcasts. That's a much, much higher amount, but I think that trend is gonna continue to go up and up and up. And not only that, not only this minimum of one episode per month, I think the overall listening time for the average American, is going to keep going up and up and up. In 2019, we're about where YouTube was in like 2010, 2011. It felt saturated. If you were started a YouTube channel then, it probably felt like you were throwing videos into this black hole that no one is ever going to watch. But people that stuck around and were consistent with in 2010 are doing incredible on YouTube now. So that's my little bit of argument there is just throw some logic and reason at you in the midst of Chris's speculation and encouragement. So, why should you start a podcast? Here's the thing.
1: Podcasting's really easy.
0: (laughs) It's a mic. Dude, it so is, man. Like, I created an email course, like a written email course for Six Figure Home Studio subscribers. Dude, I started working on it the first week of August. The first email didn't go out to the first week of October. It took that long to write and edit and prep all of this work for this free email course. free course. And if I would have put that same exact content into a podcast series, into like a pod class, it would have taken me a week, maybe, maybe a week. Like it was insane how much easier it is to do audio than written or even video. YouTube videos take a much, much longer time to do. So I, I'm just supporting your argument there. This is a, one of the easiest ways to get content out into the world. Well, one of the reasons for that
1: is because podcasting is a wreck. In every form of media, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you name it, there's a comment section. And there are trolls who wait with bated breath to fry you publicly for your stupid opinions.
0: And to take any win from yourselves. Like it is really hard to get a good amount of momentum in YouTube where you're being critiqued every single video. Yeah.
1: If you're a popular YouTuber, you post and seconds later, someone has said something mean to you.
0: If you just want to visit the cesspool of the universe, go visit any YouTube comment section.
1: <laughs>
0: totally. And so the thing about podcasting that's great is there
1: isn't a comment section. It's just me and Brian and you. We're just hanging out. There's not like somebody that you're like, well, I wonder what they're seeing in the comment section. We don't have one, you know? And so it makes it really healthy and it makes it, a, I hate to use this term because I'm not a fan of this, you know, movement, so to speak. It makes it a safe space. It's accepted that when you're podcasting that you might say something stupid and that's okay.
0: I do it all the time. You guys know this. Yeah. Like the time that I said Foley artists would start using samples Oh yeah, (laughs) and like every Foley artist on earth came out of the woodwork to say, no, Brian, it's actually faster just to record the damn Foley live. Yeah. People let us know real hard on that. Yeah. They let us know. Thank you for your input. I now know a lot more about Foley than I ever knew before. Yeah. But people were nice about it at least. Would you f- say that you're fully informed now? Boo! Get that out of here. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I do appreciate how quick that came to you, though.
1: I do it, I can, I do it again. But here's the thing. Podcasting is fun. Podcasting is safe. Podcasting is not emotionally challenging in the way other forms of media are. So here's my story with podcasting. We launched the podcast, and it was just this really weird thing of like, I started getting like messages on Instagram randomly from people that listened. And then I started getting a lot more and a lot more. We go through seasons where I'll get like a few a day of just people reaching out and saying, hey, love the podcast. My Instagram handle is Chris underscore Graham, G-R-A-H-A-M, anyways, side note. But here's what happened. We launched the podcast and I started noticing that I would get emails from people and people would book projects with me as a mastering engineer there's often a phone call involved in that as well. And they would say, Hey, love the podcast. And I was like, What? What are you talking about? You listened to my podcast and then you hired me. And, you know, back then it was like, oh, well, we had we're 15 or 20 episodes in. It's good to know people don't hold your dad jokes against you. They love the dad jokes, Brian. Okay. They love no, them. <laughs> no. And so what I started to notice that was fascinating is somebody would book a call with me and we would talk about the project and they'd say you know love the podcast and you know, so I listen to every episode and be like Wait, what you've listened to me talk for 20 hours which made it really easy to be friends with them like we immediately had stuff to talk about they immediately knew me well and it was just like all the easiest conversations I've ever had have been with people that listen to the podcast that call in and work with me as a mastering engineer so it's been this amazing thing where it lets you build relationships with a lot more people than you ever possibly could by yourself in the real world.
0: I think that's the big benefit here. Yes. And maybe we should have gotten to this point a little sooner than we did now, as far as we are in this episode. But the best thing about podcasting is you have someone's voice in your ears. It's usually headphones that I listen to podcasts on at least. So in your earbuds, you are having a one-way conversation with hundreds Even if it's dozens, it's a lot of people. Like Imagine talking to dozens of people into a room, but it's hundreds, or in our case, thousands of our people are listening to us every week, and they feel like they know us. They get to know us because they they do truly get to know us because we talk about a lot of personal stuff on this podcast. They do. You guys know more about me than my mom does. That's so true. She doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) The six-figure sexies know more about me than a lot of my family does. So that's how personal podcasting is. And you don't get this through any other medium. I don't think you get this personal on YouTube because the videos are so short. You don't get this personal on blogs typically just because it's that's just not the, the norm on the blogging world, especially in a business setting where you're talking about like educational content.
1: Well, and here's the reason that the podcast is so effective at building relationships with people. Every form of media on earth, by and large, is undivided attention media. Fortnite Requires your undivided attention youtube requires your undivided attention hbo netflix the movie theater golf fill in the blank It's all i'm doing one thing right now by and large And that's what i'm consuming. I guess golf isn't a form of media. I probably shouldn't
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I was about to say I can 100 percent attest to I have played golf by myself and listened to podcasts at the same time so
1: See, I know nothing about golf. I still have baggage, family baggage of like, I don't play golf. Maybe someday I will. I have a six handicap for anyone that knows what that means. Oh, gracious. Boring. Anyway, so so the thing that you got to keep in mind is, and almost all of you listening know this, you're doing something else right now. You're driving somewhere. You're mowing your lawn. You are, you know, cleaning your house. You're doing your dishes, fill in the blank, podcasting is not an undivided attention form of media. It's a multitasking form of media. And here's the thing. You only have a few hours a day of undivided attention. You have so much time that you can multitask, some more than others. If you're at the gym right now working out and listening to us, you're multitasking. And guess what? There are not enough podcasts. There's not enough media for you to consume while you multitask. It's hard to find stuff that you enjoy and it's hard to find
0: enough of it. And just to be honest, I listen to some of the most quote oversaturated niches in podcasting, business niche, software business, specifically right now, even health and fitness podcasts. Those are some of the just notoriously oversaturated areas and I still can't find enough good podcasts to listen to. So I think there is still plenty of room in the less saturated niches where if you think about this, And we'll get more into this later in the podcast. If you start a podcast in your area for, let's just say, a a podcast about your local music scene. Because if you start a podcast, it needs to be for your target customers, not for your friends and peers, if your podcast is for your business goals, at least. So in Chris Graham's case, the Six Figure Home Studio podcast contains listeners of his exact target customer, mixing engineers, recording engineers, people that work with a lot of clients Every single year and then can send chris a lot of projects every single year So out of our thousands of listeners if only a hundred people made chris graham Their go-to mastering engineer for every single project. He'd be set for probably life Yeah, you don't need that many recording engineers and tracking engineers to Sustain your business because it's recurring income. Anyways, that's besides the point more on the uh, final business stuff in my email series there With you and your recording studio, you need to make content that's about your target customer. So if it's musicians, make a podcast about your local music scene or about touring as a musician or about anything that is relevant to the needs, hopes, and desires and challenges that your customer faces. Totally. And now here's
1: a nugget of wisdom for you guys here. I built my mastering business first and foremost locally. And then I began to advertise online once the business was moderately successful and people loved what I was doing and i ran ads and i used those ads to compete for people's undivided attention hey look at me hey look at me hey i'm a mastering engineer i would try to find a way to at the right time in their life pop up and say hey if you need a mastering engineer check out chrisgrandmastering.com. you can get a free sample and we can talk about working together i was competing for their undivided attention my business exploded when we launched this podcast but i'm not competing for undivided attention anymore. I'm competing for, hey, hopefully my next customer is mowing his lawn and listening to one of my episodes of this podcast that I might have recorded a year ago and he's deciding, yeah, I'm going to reach out to Chris Graham. So it's a completely different way to market to people. And the beauty of it is for us, we're just being ourselves. We're not like pretending to be anything or not. We're not doing like if you need mastering, check out Chrisgrammastering.com.
0: Uh, like there's none of this like businessy crap. I can quote you for that exact line in our previous episode somewhere.
1: <laughs> well, that was a joke though. Come on. You oh, know. Okay. Okay. So podcasting is really interesting because, like Brian said, it's like having a YouTube channel in 2010. If you were making consistent, high quality, regular content on YouTube in 2010, you're probably rich right? Your YouTube channel exploded and you probably have rooms dedicated to the free merch that companies send you in the hopes that you will mention it. I have drawers of free merch.
0: (laughs) Hit us with some more of that fire you had on your outline there.
1: So what I just got done talking about was that it's a multitasking form of media. That's the important thing to grasp about podcasting. Here's the second important thing to grasp about podcasting. Apple invented podcasting in like what, 05 or 06? you know how much money Apple has made off of podcasting, Brian? Zero. So you're telling me the biggest, most powerful, most entrepreneurial, most tech-savvy company in the history of the world is not making money on podcasting. Hmm. I wonder if that's going to change. <laughs> Here's why I think it's going to change. A couple years ago, I bought an iPhone and an Apple Watch. And Apple's big promise was, guess what? Now, when you go to Starbucks, you can use your phone as a credit card to wirelessly pay for your drink. It's going to be awesome. And then a couple years later, Apple came out with a credit card. (laughs) What? Like That's crazy. That's not a super exciting idea. It doesn't even turn
0: on. It's not electric. It's a mixed message is what that is.
1: It's a mixed message. Apple is looking for ways to make money because guess what? That's the responsibility of the people who run Apple. Eventually, they're going to look at podcasting and say, hmm, I wonder if we could monetize this. Remember back in the day in the early 2000s when we had iTunes and we would let people sell their music and then we would take 29 cents of every 99 cent song and then they would take 70? What if we did something like that? Here's my point. Apple's going to make a move. And when they do make a move, they are going to do everything they possibly can to promote podcasts
0: here's the bigger argument to me or the bigger sign to this that is spotify just acquired 300 million plus dollars worth of podcast content who are the acquisitions they made three big acquisitions
1: arrow gimlet and one other company
0: yeah all these big podcast mediums because spotify is about to make big plays towards making podcast a large part of their business or else they wouldn't spend 300 million dollars on this Apple is going to return fire at some point. That means they're going to turn their attention towards podcasting, which means they're going to be pushing any podcast they can to keep listeners on their platform and compete with Spotify. Why this matters to our audience? Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. Why does this matter to our audience? Because if you start a podcast today, you are setting yourself up for success for when either Spotify takes over or Apple takes over The podcast game and starts to really push podcast because you want to have a foothold on this industry in some way shape or form a podcast with reviews You already have listeners because they're going to be the ones that benefit from this When these platforms start really pushing podcasting and stop making it an afterthought because apple at this point until Maybe just recently Podcasting has been this redhead stepchild that didn't want anything to do with it's just this hobbyist thing They don't make any money off of it now money is being poured into it and even if you have no plans to ever make money off podcasting as a podcaster that means you don't worry about podcast advertising like i think we did the math before this episode if chris and i ran just traditional ads at industry rates we would make like 800 bucks a month off this podcast which is like fine but it's nothing like this is after two years of podcasting you cannot make a living with two people off of that not here in america We don't have plans to monetize this podcast in that way, at least not for our main income. We monetize through our own products and services. That's how we monetize this podcast. So you don't have to have a massive following and millions of listeners or even thousands of listeners to make a living off a podcast. You just need to provide valuable content to your target customer so that you are always top of mind. You have built a lot of trust with them. And then when it comes time for them to hire somebody, They're going to look to you first because you're already their friend in their head. They have built a relationship with you. And that's the power of podcasting. Well, let's come up with a couple examples in
1: a couple parts of our industry of podcasts that could be started that would do well. And before we get into this, let me just say this. Brian and I both wish there were five podcasts just like ours, business podcasts for the music or audio space. That would be awesome. If we were the third biggest podcast in that category,
0: great. There's so much room That's one of the reasons we're doing this is like it's our own just being selfish We want more podcasts in the audio space now that doesn't mean that we want you to go out and start a mixing podcast unless Your customers are mixing engineers You know what i'm saying if you were starting a mastering podcast You shouldn't start a mastering podcast unless your potential customers are mastering engineers
1: Man, that's such an important point and I think that's the number one thing I see people miss When they're trying to incorporate podcasting as a marketing tool is they make a podcast for their peers or their competitors rather than their customers. You can't do that. That doesn't work. So you have to think about who is my ideal customer and what content are they thirsty for? What content can I make that they would go nuts for? So if you were a company that did bespoke music for TV commercials, you would want to have a podcast that creative directors the guys and girls who make the decisions on what songs make it into what commercials that they would want to listen to. So it'd be a podcast for creative directors. Or, and that might just mean that your co-host is a creative director and that you are a composer or producer.
0: Or that you are just a composer who's interviewing creative directors. Yes. For other creative directors. And here's the brilliancy of what you just talked about there. You can spin this however you want. The podcast gives you a platform to then go Interview your ideal customers as well in this scenario. Yes And I know a podcaster that does this they don't care about How many listeners they have and they have a lot they don't care how they monetize the podcast They could do a lot more than they're doing right now They don't even optimize titles or anything All they care about is the two hours they get to spend talking to their ideal customer every single week on the podcast because that's how they get customers for their business Is by interviewing them and building relationships with them and using the podcast as just a proxy as just a way to connect with them and to give them value for that two-hour conversation
1: So clever. So think about like if there's a band that you really want to work with and you were like Hey, yeah, let's hang out. I'd love to talk to you guys. Love to be friends Love to talk about maybe doing your next record. That's a hard sell Boo a really hard sell and they're like what's in it for me? But hey you know, I have the number one podcast for the local music scene in Ohio. You should totally come hang out with me and we're going to talk about your music to other musicians in Ohio. Almost every musician in Ohio that's Ohio focused is going to say yes to that. And then at the end of that conversation, it's going to be easy to say, yeah, tell me about any future records you're working on. Who are you working with? Well, you know, we're writing a new record right now. Dope. Okay, got it. I'm going to keep following up with them, and I have a relationship. So this is a fascinating tool and Brian and I's experience here is that you don't want to sleep on the power of podcasting. Oh, for sure. Crazy powerful. Every day I wake up and something happens that day where I'm like, holy crap, this is so weird. Like at any given time, I think we did the math recently at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What is it like? 13 or 14 or 15 people are listening to the six Gram studio podcast. Something like that. Crazy.
0: Yeah. No, it's actually an insane amount. I I forget what the math is, but in any given hour, it's hundreds of people, I think. Oh, gracious. That's insane to me. (laughs) I'm getting nervous now. But so let's get back on topic.
1: So let's say you got customers that you want to hire you, you got potential customers. You have come up with a podcast that allows you to either interview them or to get them to listen to you. I would say, like, both of those are really, really great strategies. It could be a combination of both. But if you do that and it goes well, here's the other thing that's interesting. And I'm going to ask for podcast reviews here in just a minute to brace yourself. The only way that you can look at a podcast and say, wow, this must be a good podcast. It must be popular is podcast reviews in the Apple podcast app. It's the only metric that matters right now. And it's, it's silly.
0: Well, here's why it's because Apple has not made it easy to identify popular podcasts yet. And here's the deal is I got an interview request on a podcast that I'd never heard of before. And the first thing I did was look up how many reviews they had. Cause I wanted to know if they're serious or not. Yeah. It can be difficult to get started if you have no reviews, but it's not impossible. I know a guy who is interviewing some huge names in the recording space right now on his audio podcast. And he has like 10 reviews. And it's like brand new podcast. And all he does is ask people. That's it. He just asks. And they say yes for whatever reason. It's easier to get started now than ever because a lot of these guests that would never have otherwise recorded with you are starting to hear this buzz about podcasts. Like I'm sitting on my at a coffee shop yesterday in the afternoon working and I just hear this table next to me talking about podcasts. Like it's just normal conversation. That's like when you start hearing that, people start actually paying attention to Podcasting as a whole and so if you're offered to be a guest on a podcast And you're a producer or a band or a musician or whatever You're more likely to go on a podcast because you've heard all about this Even if you're not a listener you understand that this is a thing and you need to pay attention to it Well,
1: this brings up an interesting point So this guy that you just brought up, you know, he's just getting his start as a podcaster He's gotten free mentorship from some of the best people in his industry By inviting them to be interviewed on his podcast. Yes. If he called them up and said, hey, could we talk for like an hour? That's going to be a hard no from any heavy hitter. Can we talk for an hour and then I let people listen to it? Much more likely to get a yes. Much, much, much more likely to get a yes. And that makes podcasting fantastically interesting for those three reasons. It allows you to reach out to your customers and have a conversation. It allows you to reach out to potential mentors and it allows you to be in the ears of your potential customers. A lot of amazing stuff.
0: And this goes hand in hand with one of our previous episodes. I don't know if I can remember the title off. The ep- it was uh, episode 101, I think, actually. So the last episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's hard to remember that one. This episode where we talk about the hero's journey and how that plays into you understanding your your customer by putting yourself in their shoes. If you're already doing that, if you're already the type of person that is pursuing an audio career and you have a band that you're in, or you're pursuing some sort of music career on the side, or maybe the music career is your main thing and your studio is your side thing, you're in a fantastic position because A, you're in the audio world already, so you probably have relationships. And then B, you also can benefit from the mentorship you get from some of the guests you get on your podcast. Because if I'm a producer and I'm only a producer... I don't really need mentorship from a musician whose other goals and aspirations aren't really aligned with mine because I don't really care about how they got signed or how they tour, how their booking agency works or what their deals are with their road crew. So I know how much I'm paying, like none of that stuff matters to me as a producer, but if I'm a musician and I'm like, say I'm two steps behind you, like I'm about to book my first tour or I just got signed and I'm now going to someone who's two steps ahead of me, they're going to be much more uh, likely to have valuable information for me and also my ideal customers. So I think that that really goes hand in hand with you being on the same journey your customers are on because you fully understand what they're going through. So let me kind of shift gears a little bit here. Right now,
1: podcasting is kind of like a rubber band and it's been stretched really, really tight. Let me explain what that means. Any startup company in silicone valley
0: <laughs> boo here's the fun fact for those who didn't hear that episode chris has multiple times said silicone valley so i keep saying it just to, and i, lean and into I the really mystery. i really love when he says that just like when he said the 16th chapel i'll the never sig- forget oh
1: gracious well let's kind of bring us back because i have a venn <laughs> diagram of concentric circles i i'm just kidding oh that's man that's, boo. anyways that's a deep cut so here's my point podcasting the entire industry is kind of like a rubber band that's been stretched tight because there are all these entrepreneurs, all these startup guys out in Silicon Valley who
0: want to build a company to monetize podcasting. Yeah. One of the podcasts I listen to is a podcast software company who's building their company like basically publicly on the podcast and they share all the revenue numbers and stuff. It's super interesting, but they're doing great. They've gone from zero to $35,000 a month in recurring revenue in one year with their podcast platform, which is, I'll just shout it out, transistor.fm. That's the podcast platform they built.
1: Nice. So here's the thing. If you are an entrepreneur out in Silicon Valley and you're thinking, I've got this great idea for a new podcast app, it's going to make it more fun for people to listen to podcasts. It's going to make them more fun for them to be able to see what their friends are listening to so that they can get recommendations about what episode I should listen to next, which is the hardest part of listening to podcasts, which episode to listen to next. I guess I'll read a sentence about it and make a decision on that. <laughs> so dumb. Here's the thing. Let's say you have this great idea. So you got to Silicon Valley and you meet with people and you want to start this company. You know what every single one of those investors and fellow entrepreneurs is going to say to you? They're going to say, hell no. I'm not going to touch your app. And here's why. There is a sleeping Tyrannosaurus Rex in this space and it's Apple. And if they wake up, They are going to gobble up every single startup app that there is and annihilate them in less than a minute. Apple will relaunch the podcasting app at some point with massive upgrades and every other company that's trying to compete in that space with maybe the exception of Spotify is going to go up in smoke that day. As a result of that, all the smartest people haven't tried to start these businesses and podcasting is stagnant as far as the app side, as far as the experience side goes. Content creation is not stagnant at all. It's growing like crazy. One of these days, Apple is going to wake up and they're going to change everything and podcasting is going to be so much easier to get started in. It's going to be so much easier to become a fan of. It's going to be so much easier to find episodes that appeal to you directly. You know, if you go on Amazon, you get recommendations for products based on your browsing history. Same with Facebook Marketplace. Same with Netflix, same with YouTube. Not the case in the Apple Podcast app. And Apple, as I understand it, has a 60% market share. 60% of people who listen to podcasts do it in the Apple Podcast app.
0: Which blows my mind because that's literally the worst, the worst app.
1: Yeah, and Apple knows it. We're not hating on Apple at all. We can't wait for them to move on this. It's going to be amazing. So my point here is that if you can play the game now, if you can get into podcasting now, Who knows what your future will look like? Because if Apple wakes up, here's the thing. YouTube makes videos that you're supposed to watch with undivided attention. And like a third of the globe uses it every month. Podcasting, I'm not saying will, but could be bigger because there's simply more hours in the day to fill with podcasting than there is to fill with YouTube videos. It's a massive opportunity for Apple. They will move. The only question is when, right? So this is a really exciting time. So let's transition away from some of the business stuff. We're going to talk about, let's say you're convinced, you're like, yeah, I got to start a podcast. Give me some tips, Brian and Chris. This is the fun stuff. Here's a couple ideas on how to do that.
0: I haven't approved of these, by the way. So I may step in here and shoot you down, but go ahead.
1: I would say the most important thing is you have to keep it fun. If you don't- No, I disagree. No, it's all business. (laughs) Spreadsheets. We have no fun. Keep that shit out of your podcast. It has to be fun or it won't be sustainable. Yeah. And one of the best ways to keep it fun is to find a co host that you could talk to for days on end.
0: Love you, boo. I looked this up recently, man. I didn't see many of the top podcasts that didn't have multiple hosts. Really? Yeah. Almost all of the top podcasts of like the most popular podcasts had co hosts or even sometimes three people involved, four people in a couple cases. That's amazing. So I think the accountability you have with a co-host is what's kept this podcast consistent. If it were just me, there would be, just like my YouTube channel, just like my blog articles, there would be a, (laughs) it would be fits and spurts. We have like 22 episodes out in the last two years is all we'd have.
1: I'm like two or three months behind with my YouTube channel, my one once a week. I'm going to catch up. That's the goal. There'll be a large burst of YouTube videos at the end of the year, probably. Back to our topic here. If you're going to start a podcast, make it fun. Find someone that you can talk to forever. Have a video chat with them. Brian and I have only hung out face-to-face four times. Was like three times. Nam, Nam, Yosemite, your wedding.
0: Yeah, I forgot about your yeah. wedding. That's right. It that was a blur of a day. <laughs> it was a blur of a day.
1: Yeah, so here's how we do podcasting. We get on video chat. Brian has a delightful microphone on his side. I've got a nice microphone on my side. We come up with an idea for the episode When we both are excited about one of the ideas that we're talking about we press record And we talk about it when we're done I send a file via dropbox to brian Brian puts them together does a basic edit james brian's assistant does a major edit Brian mixes it brian publishes it. Oh, I don't publish it james publishes. I just mix it james publishes Yeah, yeah, we hang out. I think you guys would be surprised to hear this Pretty much no more than four hours a week and that's like a that's a pretty big week You know right now we'll hang out tuesdays and thursdays from 2 p.m. Eastern to about 4 p.m. Eastern And that's about it. We just hang out. There's not a lot of pre-production Sometimes we do episodes and sometimes we just hang out. Yeah, sometimes we just hang but the point there is it should be fun It should be easy and you should feel a little guilty that you're wasting your time If you don't feel a little guilty that you're wasting your time by doing the podcast you're probably doing it wrong or you're just really, really successful (laughs) at that
0: point. Let me push back a little bit here. And that is, if you are the type of person where you're not the expert in your field, you can't do a podcast like Chris and I are doing. You can't have like topical episodes where you're the one coming up with the content. That's okay. As long as you and your co-host have good chemistry, you can still get the expert to come on the podcast every single week to teach your audience. That's the formula that, So many successful podcasts follow the actual host of the podcast In a lot of cases have no credentials They just are good interviewers, which is a skill set in and of itself But that just means they're good conversationalists and they understand how to get to the core of the issue to help their audience Solve a problem.
1: Yeah So here's what brian and I did and I look back at like how we launched the podcast and I think we did this right Brian had a blog pretty popular blog and we launched the podcast and we did three episodes and the pitch at the end of each episode was we're not sure we're going to keep this up we weren't and if you like this and you think we should keep doing it and you don't think this is a waste of anyone's time please go and write a review we did that and pretty much overnight we had 75 star reviews yep which is a whole lot in our industry that's an enormous amount of reviews and so we decided to keep going so that'd be my advice find someone that you can talk to for hours about a topic that you love that's ideally for your customers or that allows you to reach out to your customers or that allows you to reach out to people that you want to be mentored by and do a limited run. Don't make this commitment of like, I'm doing an episode every week, blah, blah, blah. Do a limited run, see how it goes and go from there. But ask for reviews. If you can get a bunch of reviews, congratulations, your podcast will probably be popular because when someone thinks, should I listen to this podcast or not? What's the one indicator they have of if your podcast is good? It's just the podcast reviews in the Apple podcast player. It won't always be that easy. That's my point. It's going to get harder. It's going to get much harder. But until then, it's the Wild West. And all you got to do is have a microphone and a recording device. And guess what? You're listening to a podcast for the recording industry. You probably already have all those things.
0: Yeah, it's true. I think if you go back and listen to episode one, two, and three of this podcast, you'll get a good idea of our strategy behind launching the podcast. And let me push back on that a little bit, Chris, because I don't think most people, unless you already have a platform, a good platform that you've taken time to build up, I don't think you can just launch three episodes and expect results. You might be right. Yeah. I think most people give up too soon. I talk about this actually in one of the either the email that just came out this morning or the email that's coming out soon the Slow Studios Ramp of Death. And that is how long it takes the average recording studio to get to where their calendar is 100% full of only word of mouth work. Expectation, they think it's gonna happen the next time. Reality is it takes 10 times longer than that. And most studios give up and quit and die before they reach full sustainability, where they're not having a push for marketing or anything. It's the same in the podcast world. Our podcast, as much success as we had in the beginning, it's still been a slow slog over the last two years to get to where we are now. And I think most people, without that initial burst of attention from their already established platform, are going to have much, much smaller results to start out with. I just think you have to have your expectations set accurately, and you have to be willing to put in consistent work over time to build that into anything worthwhile. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's an important thing to bring up. When someone has a podcast that isn't doing particularly well, it's almost always the case that they don't publish weekly. Publishing weekly is pretty important or at least monthly people have to trust that you are going to publish consistently Don't do what I do with my youtube channel and tell so many people that you're going to publish weekly and then don't do it When you come across a great software idea (laughs) It's not good and it's embarrassing and I feel terrible, but I will catch up. I promise don't make promises
0: You can't keep chris
1: exactly. So let me talk about the next point here One of the things that we had going for us other than the fact that brian was a genius and super audacious was There were no business podcasts in our industry when we launched it. It's true. Yeah. There were podcasts that talk about it from time to time, but there was no pure, we only talk about business. We are a business form of media. So on day one, Brian thought it would be a great idea to hire a professional voiceover artist. And you've heard him before say the number one business podcast. Like, so here's my thing with that. If you come up with an idea for a podcast where your elevator pitch is that you would be number one on day one. That's a good idea. You need to be clear about what your podcast is. Don't look at Lid Shaw and Matt Boudreau and, you know, these other guys and steal their idea of I'm going to interview famous recording people and do the same show. I'm not saying that's a terrible idea, but if you want to grow, you have to have a unique idea. And some of our idea was we only talk about business and the whole gear sled alert makes our podcast pretty unique. For example, watch this. Neumann, AKG, Mackie. You you hear that in the background? You're not allowed to say brand names on our podcast or you get the gear sled alert because it's distracting for us. The solution is not like brands or like a specific model of something. The solution is creativity and a growth mindset, right? That's why you don't have customers. You need more of those things.
0: Think about ways you can set yourself apart from other podcasts or other platforms or other people in the niche that you choose or in the topic that you choose. And I think the name does have a lot to play into it as well. It's easy to understand what the six figure home studio podcast is about in a very quick amount of time.
1: Yeah. So make sure that your pitch is easy, that you could meet somebody and be like, this is what my podcast is about. And they'll be, Oh, cool. That's awesome, man. But if it's like, well, we're kind of like this. And it's kind of like Joe Rogan meets like uh Mickey mouse, you know, meets uh George Herbert Walker Bush. You know, that's basically us and- It shouldn't be complicated. It should be really simple. And you should occupy a niche that hasn't been filled yet that people want to be filled. If you do that, things are going to go well.
0: Is George H.W. Bush Herbert Walker? Is that what H.W. stands for?
1: Yes, it is. God rest his soul.
0: I didn't know that. Good Lord. You know what? Someone mailed me an envelope with a George H.W. Bush stamp on it. I cut the stamp out and I put it on my fridge. I'm not a political person by any means. I just don't follow politics. But I was just like, this is such a weird stamp that I'm putting it on my fridge.
1: Read my lips, no new snacks. That was such a deep cut. That's his famous quote.
0: Read my lips, no new taxes. That was mostly Bill Clinton impression. I won't do that anymore. Sorry. Wow. Anytime you try to do anything on this podcast, you fail, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Not
1: going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. That's what he said. Not going to raise taxes.
0: You realize our audience is predominantly millennial people. People that were born after Herbert Walker Bush, yeah, was president. We're not
1: going to talk about politics. That's not what we do. So let's keep moving. You should launch a podcast if, one, your customers will listen to it. Two, it would allow you to reach out to people that could mentor you. Or three, it would allow you to reach out to potential customers. You want to be number one in your niche on launch day. That's not an absolute necessity, but I sure as heck recommend it.
0: Yeah, I would rather you have a generic podcast that in no way is original if it allows you an excuse to have a conversation with your ideal customer. Exactly. To me, it's like there's multiple ways to slice this. I don't think any one right way is the only way to do it. I just think there's so many ways to do it. I can't be that prescriptive to our audience.
1: Yeah, well, let's call somebody out on the podcast in an aggressive and slightly encouraging fashion. Austin Hall of Make Pop Music, the Facebook group that's enormous. The dude is a force of nature. Austin, you should launch a podcast. I've told you this in private. Now I'm telling you it in public. Austin would have an amazing podcast, and he could probably launch as the number one pop music podcast on day one.
0: Yep. So when he was on our podcast as guest on episode 58, I don't even have to look now. I just know by heart what episode he was on. <laughs> Shit, I was wrong. Episode 59. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even going to edit that out. Episode 59 of the podcast. The episode title is How to Build an Audio Career 100% Online from Anywhere in the World. Great episode. I think his group size is like 17 or 18,000 people at the time. It's at 23,000 members now, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, he could absolutely have the number one pop music producers podcast instantaneously. Within like 17 minutes of launching, he's going to be number one. So that brings me to another point. If you already have an audience, a podcast is the single easiest thing you could start doing to make more content and to engage with more people.
0: I'd like to think we had something to do with convincing Graham Cochran to start his podcast. I think so. And I think the world is better off for it. I'm hoping that this this episode encourages some really, really good podcasts to get started because we need more of them.
1: So after we had Graham on the show, I ended up hiring him as my business coach. And it was awesome. And the way we did six business coaching sessions at the end of the sixth session, we ended it by me pitching him why he needed to start a podcast. So was like more, more of you, Graham, more of your wisdom. I need it in my life. And to be honest, that's a big reason why I'm launching Bounce Butler. Like he was a real big inspiration of like, hey, this business model works. And man, it's been hard to balance the mastering business, and continue to coach people and do Bounce Butler. But thank God Bounce Butler is finally at a stable spot where it's being used all the time every day.
0: Well, dude, speaking of stable, we had major server issues with FilePass over the weekend.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, you told me that.
0: We had a world record on support things. Like over 50 messages and emails came through in support over the weekend from server issues. And I'll just say this, we fired our old cloud hosting solution And we moved to a different, better, more stable, faster cloud storage solution. And we're paying 26 times the monthly price than we were before. (laughs) But it's worth it because it was an insanely low price before. And this is just a more stable solution. And it allows us to, we're going to build a feature out where we're going to have the fastest upload times in the industry for filepass.com. So to wrap this episode up, Chris, any last final words of wisdom or encouragement or anything that you want to leave our listeners with?
1: Man, so. When we make podcast episodes there's a couple like reasons we'll choose a topic. One is we're like, "Yeah, hey, we know a lot about this topic and we want to share it with our audience." Another is, "Oh, this is a topic our audience needs to learn about." So, you know, we've done research. And the third <laughs> we want you guys to do this. We want you to launch podcasts. We want people to hang with that are doing the same thing we are.
0: We literally have a mastermind group consisting of podcasters because we want an excuse to hang out with each other every week. And there's really not enough people to add to the group because there aren't enough audio podcasts.
1: Yeah. So like I really, really hope that like three, four, five, six, ten months from now, that somebody reaches out to us and it's like, man, you know, I launched this podcast. We're at a thousand downloads a month. It's going great. I'm having so much fun dude, thank you so much for that episode. That spurred us to finally jump into this world. I'm looking at you, Austin Hall, through my microphone. <laughs> Launch a podcast, man. So yeah, I mean, there's just so many opportunities for you guys. This is such an easy place to get a win and making the media, like, it's not like you have to learn anything new. It's a microphone and it's EQ and it's compression and limiting and maybe some like saturation or stuff. I don't even know what Brian puts on my voice.
0: And just talk, just talk. Kind of like you're doing right now. You're not. You're not doing much, but you're just talking.
1: Yeah. All you have to do is take your voice and drop it in octave. That's what we do. My voice doesn't sound this good.
0: And that's why our podcast is so successful. Show people your real voice, Chris. Hey, everybody. My name is Chris Graham and I like the podcast. I was actually just going to pitch shift it up <laughs> an octave, <laughs> but I, I might yeah. actually pitch shift what you just
1: did up one octave. That would be like over 20 hertz. I don't think Nyquist would allow human
0: beings to uh, hear that, anyways, this episode is gone. We're done. <laughs> Thanks for hanging. Go start a podcast. Goodbye. So, that is it for this episode of the Six Figure Home Studio podcast. Go out there and start a freaking podcast. I don't know how many more times I got to say that. And then let us know in the Six Figure Home Studio community or through an email or a DM on social media. Let us know that you started your podcast. We can go check it out. Next week's episode, we don't have recorded yet. I don't know what it's going to be about. I'm recording this outro minutes after recording the previous episode's outro, which means I actually haven't even left for Cancun yet. If things go as planned, I should be back home from Cancun as of late last night. And so sometime this week, I'll get together with Chris and we'll come up with whatever next week's episode will be. So I will see you bright and early, 6 a.m. next Tuesday for our next episode. Until next time, happy hustling.